On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast and thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch every day. I am James Yarko, joined as I always am on Wednesdays by my buddy Evan Still working on the camera thing. Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay. You can check out everything I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at Eklosky, WTSP, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We're on YouTube. Check us out over there. Subscribe to the show. We do have a YouTube uh, question that we are going to answer later on, but Evan... Uh, real quick, before we get into a couple of voicemails, uh, Justin Fields is, is not great at football right now. Uh, not, a, not a great showing from Justin Fields, and, and mostly because his offensive line is terrible. Terrible. So is his head coach. Uh, awful. He's got to go. Uh, but we all know that. I, I think once Nagy goes, we can finally see what Justin Fields is. Um but I mean, just Todd Bowles worked him. Just, yes. I mean, he he had a rough day, and that's really being nice about it. Yeah, it was um, it was a kind of not quite what I expected it to be. A little bit better of a showing from the Bears, but I, I expected a a pretty easy win. For the Bucks may not be so easy this week against the Saints, but we're going to get into that in just a minute. But there's a storyline that just won't go away. We have a couple of voicemails about it. We have some people weighing in with their uh, opinions on the infamous football. They have their opinions on David and my opinions. So we're going to listen to a couple of the listeners real quick. Then I want to get your take on the football. You said you said you had an interesting one, so I'm excited to hear that. But let's let's head to the voicemail line and hear from a couple of our callers. Hey, good morning, boys. What up? This is Manny from Matt Moore. Um, hey, man, I was just listening to the show today, and I just want to uh, collaborate five cents of my humble opinion here regarding Byron and, and him returning the ball. You know, uh, just the fact that, for me at least, that Mike Evans gave me the ball, that uh, Tom Brady uh, was a 600-pass touchdown uh, would have been enough for me. I mean, that's that's just, I mean, I've, I've been a Buccaneer fan. I'm, I'm, I'm over 40. I've been a Buccaneer fan since I was, I don't know, 10 years old. That right there for me would have been it, but right. Um, all these people that are having a, a fit about this, I mean, it, it just tells you the kind of people that they are, in my humble opinion. I mean, you go there, you get this ball, what do you do? Trying to get rich and pay all your bills and get your whole family now taking care of for the rest of your life. I'd rather go down in history as the guy that returned the ball to Tom Brady in his 600-touchdown pass ball then the guy that was a douchebag and just kept the ball and wanted to make some money out of it on eBay or whatnot. Not to mention everything that he's gotten and probably what is still coming down the pipeline for him. The two-season tickets for the next two seasons, I mean, the jerseys, the signed stuff, I mean, all of that stuff is all the stuff that we all dream to have. And at least me, man, I would love to have that stuff framing all that. But again, it would have been just fine with me to just be the guy who returned the ball. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, gave it back. Um, I mean, you know, they, 
they've given so much uh, to this, you know, to to Tampa. This team has for the last two years uh, going on um, that you know it, it's just, in my humble opinion, the right thing to do. Uh, another thought I, I had, I just want to throw it out there. Um, I was just thinking, brainstorming last night, who will be playing for the NFC Championship, and hopefully it's the Rams. I want to play the Rams. Um, you know, it's a team that everybody keeps telling me we should be fearing, and uh, I can't wait to your thoughts and input on the the next game with with the Saints. I I'm just really hoping that Barrett or JPP or somebody gets a hold of Jameis um, at least a couple of times. Um, I know it's probably going to be a little bit hard because he can move in his legs. Uh, that's what he's used to doing is running. Um, anyways, God bless. Fire the cannon. Hi, guys. JT from Texas. I didn't make it very far into the episode today and I had to call in about this guy and the ball. Look, y'all, y'all said – don't give him too much praise. Don't give him too much hate. This guy deserves praise. He he done exactly what Mike Evans would have did. You said Mike Evans felt bad for giving him the ball. How many times has Mike restructured his contract for this team? I mean, Mike's showing you how you should be as a person by doing stuff like that. This guy didn't need to get all that stuff. He probably didn't ask for all that stuff. The Bucks gave him all that stuff. This man knew what this ball meant. He turned around and handed it right back. I, I give the guy a lot of praise. I mean, uh, clearly there's a bunch of people out there that, that would take advantage of a situation. That person didn't do anything for that ball. Brady threw it. Evans caught it. Evans gave it to you. You didn't do anything for it. I, I, I commend the guy for giving it back. The other thing I wanted to call about was Richard Sherman. I really like seeing him coaching. I wouldn't mind to see him do that for years to come on our sidelines. Uh, about like Dallas's, uh quarterback's coach, uh, Al Harris, I like seeing him there. I like seeing ex-players coaching. Uh, and the third thing is how much of our run defense is also on our offense. Touch on that a little bit. Talk to you guys later. Go Bucks. All right. Thank you to Manny and JT for calling in about the football. And I, I still think he got a sweet deal. He got the the autograph jerseys from Brady, the helmet, Evans game worn cleats, an autograph Jersey from Evans, the two season passes for the rest of this year and next year, a game ball. And then Brady sends him a Bitcoin plus the thousand dollars to, to the team store. So I don't, I don't know. I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was on Twitter say that all the people talking about how this guy's an idiot for giving the ball back uh, are the same people that would have been screaming for his head and to be banned from the stadium if he refused to give it back. So I don't know. I, I The only thing I would have tried to, to haggle for Evan would have been like, you know what? I want my own personalized Super Bowl 55 ring. Give me the one that the players wore, not 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 other ones. I want I want the official Super Bowl ring. Yeah, you know, first off, um, you know, Manny mentioned, man, you know, going down in history as the guy that gives the ball back. You know, I, I don't want to make it that dramatic, but but ninety nine percent of the people in that position would have absolutely given the ball back. It's yeah. so easy being in these chairs and sitting at home or, you know, on your Twitter fingers saying that you would have done something differently. But Byron was there at the game. 
he was jacked up to get the ball. And you only have moments to really comprehend what happened. I yeah. doubt that he knew even in that moment that that was Brady's 600. Then it goes over the loudspeaker, which is when Mike Evans was like, oh, no. Then a team official comes over right as that happens and says, hey, you know, Brady wants the ball. And, and he said, no, I want to, you know, this is the first time I only got the ball, you know, I've ever gotten the ball. And that's when they said, we'll get you another ball. We'll get you this. We'll get you that. And he gave it away. You know, like if Tom Brady came up to any of you at home and was like, can I have that ball back? Are you going to tell him no? Somebody who earned that ball, who spent his entire career working towards that number. You know, you know, I agree with with our other caller. Like, you know, the guy didn't do anything. This wasn't like catching a home run ball where that is a a part of the, the experience. Right. Guy hits home run. Ball goes into stands. You earn that. That's the way that it goes. Getting footballs from players is just a Mike Evans thing. And if Mike Evans would have known that that was number 600, he would have never given the ball away. You know, having said that, you know, you mentioned the the $100,000 this guy got in value. Does it pale in comparison to the $500,000 he would have gotten? Yes. Do I think it would have been scummy if he would have went and sold Brady's ball? when everybody is clamoring for him to have it absolutely you're 100 james everybody and their mother would have turned on this guy in three friggin seconds if he would have kept the ball and said i'm gonna sell it all these people who are high and mighty said they oh they lost negotiation that's great and all but i guarantee you everyone would have lit him up it's just a complete narrative bend all right and and the fact of the matter is if you were in those shoes you would have given the ball back. I don't really want to hear it from people who think they're holier than thou and they would not have. I don't want to think they're holier than thou and they would have understood the amount of hatred coming towards them that they've ever been in the spotlight to handle what kind of threats and whatever the heck they were going to get on social media. Like it's just it's just unbelievable how narrow minded we all are on this thing that we believe that you should be going to a game as a fan then essentially take the ball from your favorite best player and go home in the first quarter, mind you, to then go home and and make money off of it when that's not what you were doing. When you go and buy a lotto ticket, you go, you buy the ticket. The whole point of buying the lotto ticket is to win the lotto. You go to a Bucks game, you're there to have a good time. You're not there to make money. So it's just ridiculous, and you don't have to turn everything into a money grab. You could just do the right thing. And by doing the right thing, he's got a lot of a lot of stuff coming his way. And by the way, the Bucks weren't even giving him that much, which is on them originally, by the way. They should have been way more um, upfront with what they would give Byron out of the gates, giving him $1,000 to the Bucks team store. <laughs> I'm sorry, but how, like this guy's gonna have the best man cave in the world. That he's gonna be able to buy ten jerseys with that. You know, I mean, that's like a. What am I supposed to do with one thousand dollars in Bucks team store money? Like after, like how many jerseys do you want me to buy? A helmet? Like I mean, come on. At some point, it's like, what? What am I doing with all this? Uh, you know, give me a give me one thousand dollars at Amazon or, you know. But it just that the public outcry made sure that Byron was taken care of, and he still probably. You know, let's say the Bucs get the Super Bowl. I would love for him to be at the Super Bowl. I hope that the Bucs have a contingency to maybe send him to a playoff game 
You know, they're, they're taking care of him next year for season tickets. He's got a Bitcoin, which, by the way, is going to appreciate in value. It's not going to yeah. be $500,000, but it's pretty good to have a Bitcoin at 29 years old. That, that's, a, that's a good chunk of change that like when he has kids and they grow up and they go to school, that's going to cover both their educations. So um, and again, the guy just went off the, go- the, the golf course, went to a game and got a Bitcoin out of it. Like, you kidding me? He did just fine. This isn't this isn't about money. It's about the accomplishment and people getting into the the financials of all this are uh, it's ridiculous. It's sad. And. Brady deserved that ball. He got the ball. Byron deserved something in return. He got something in return. And that's that. Well, and I, I was in the team store when I was down there for training camp. You can't even get a Tom Brady autographed mini helmet for $1,000. So getting two autographed Brady jerseys, I you're already, you know, the guy, he was in the right place at the right time. Nobody should dog on him. You know, he, he got a great deal. He got a great experience. He got a shout out by name from Tom Brady yeah. talking to Peyton Manning on Monday night football. Like, you know what? Kudos, Byron, right place, right time. Uh, it's, it's a win for both sides. The one thing I'm upset about is that they declined the meet and greet due to COVID protocols, which I kind of call baloney on because we saw Brady interacting with fans we saw in, in just true. an absolutely touching moment, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, but he, they're interacting with fans after the game. He was with David Beckham and his and his bossy. Like, you could have done it. Yeah, you could have done it. You know, yeah. so it, it just it, that I'm calling. I'm calling on the BS on that that you couldn't do a meet and greet and have and do the whole exchange and have him meet Brady. I think that you know take a picture with Brady. I think that's doable. Um, but you know, Byron wants to play golf with Brady. So if, if he can, if he can get a round of golf with, uh, with Brady, I'll pass up to meet and greet. (laughs) Sign me up for a round in Montana. Let's go. I'll go to Montana. I'll pay, I'll pay the bucks. I'll see you in Montana. Well, and like David said, that could be orchestrated by giving him a free entry to, to Bruce Arians family foundation golf. Mm -hmm. Boom. Yep. Done. He could just he can roll with Brady in that foursome. That that would be that would be awesome. Very quickly, I, I forgot to mention because we got I got caught up in Byron. The other the other topics from the other call, um, Manny. Let's not worry about the playoffs yet. We got plenty of time. Um, we'll focus on that. Talk to me in, in two months and bring that question up, and I'll give you a real good answer. But right now, it's just way too early. <laughs> we got more than half the season to go. Um, That'll be our Christmas special. Yeah, uh, you know, Sherman coaching, totally understand that. It, it looks like he's a natural. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, let him finish out his career. He's still got some juice left in the tank. And then the run D off the offense. Um, yeah, I think it's a mixture of both. Of course, game scripts change when the Bucks go up. The Bucks go up because of their offense. Um, having said that, teams really are trying to challenge the secondary of the Bucks because they are – very injured and and it seems to be a weakness even though recently they've really done a great job mostly because Todd Bowles has created more exotic blitz schemes the defensive front is getting to quarterbacks so on and so forth so um, the run D is dominant because the run D is dominant even though they didn't have a great game against the Bears shout out Khalil Herbert but um, also teams really don't test that run defense often which does 
help the cause and they don't test it out often because of the secondary and because the game script doesn't allow them to really do it in the second half. So there you go. Um, but yeah, that, just want to throw that out there. All right. Well, Bucks fans, it is that wonderful time where I talk to you about a wonderful app called Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. You just have to download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents a gallon cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars per month in cash back there's no catch the cash gets added right to your account you can cash out anytime to your bank account to your paypal account you can redeem it for e-gift cards from places like amazon there's other brands you can start stocking up on gift cards to start putting in some stockings tis the season you got to start getting ready for this it's right around the corner just download the free get upside app use promo code touchdown Segment two here of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch every day. James Yarko, Evan Klosky on the WTSP Wednesday episode. We have another question. This one got sent in thanks to the YouTube comment section, and it's our buddy. Always a fun place to be. It is a fun place to be. Uh, some of the comments are fantastic. Some of them are in other languages that I don't know. And some of them are just flat out confusing. But this one is not. This one had had my brain working a little bit today. And it's from our boy Mad Dog. Gotta love, gotta love the nickname Mad Dog. And he says, hey guys, what are your thoughts on Mike Evans approaching Mike Allstott's franchise touchdown record? Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Food for thought. And then he says, you know, thanks, Mad Dog. Fire the cannons. Uh, eventually, Mike Allstott's record was going to be surpassed, right? We we There have been players in the past that looked like the kind of player that could have done it. Cadillac Williams with his phenomenal hmm. rookie year, but then he broke down quick. Uh, wide receiver Mike Williams was a stud for a couple of years. He faded out. Vincent Jackson, unfortunately, arrived a little too late in his career to be able to do it. But there have been some talented offensive players on this team. They've just been really, really bad teams. Mike Evans is is the guy that is going to do it. It's going to happen in the next week or two. Because uh, what he's what four behind now. Uh, All Scott. Yeah. Two. Two. So it could happen this week, uh, but it it will be happening very soon. Um, as far as the first ballot Hall of Famer, Evan, I'm going to defer to you to answer this one uh, because I, I have thoughts. Yeah, and, and you got to remember, there's a lot of projecting into this. So, you know, what is Mike? I think Mike Evans is 28 years old, right? Um, let me just double check that. Yeah, he's 28 and he he's a young 28. So he turned 28 in August. So if, let's say if, he has 1,000 yards receiving, like he's had every year in his career this year. That puts him at like 9,200. All right. So then let's project 10 uh, 2, 11 2, 12 2, 13 2, 14 2. He can get to 14,200 yards 
If he just does what he's been doing every single year in five years at 33 years old, you know where that would put him? That would put him in 11th place over Andre Johnson for all time. And remember, he's just 33 years old at that point. So now, um, now you start playing with house money and he just needs another 3,000 yards, 4,000 yards to get around where Larry Fitzgerald is. So, um, like, uh, all I can do is use projections based off what this guy has done. He has not shown any ability to slow down. He has not shown any injury issues, which can happen at a moment's notice and changes the entire picture. Do I think that he's Megatron? Um no, like as far as like just a, the freak athlete that Megatron was, do I think that Megatron maybe became more of a mythical, whoa, kind of character as time went on um, and he retired a little earlier, maybe over some other guys? Um, like, what if what if the Bucs win another Super Bowl this year? Mike Evans has two Super Bowl rings. I mean, we, you know, Calvin Johnson didn't win diddly squat in, in Detroit. He didn't. He didn't even have a playoff win. So, you know, to me, winning matters, which is what he's doing now in the back half of his career. You know, he can thank Thomas Brady for that. And he'll have maybe a Super Bowl or two under his belt. He's going to be up there with some of the, the best. And when you put him in sort of the clumping of when he would, re, you know, retire if you think about the era of 28 29 year olds that he's competing up against um it's going to be tough to turn him away when you look at his his numbers and i know that that's probably a, an unpopular opinion because you know the it's just starting right now where people are noticing tampa because they've been stinky for a long time but if you look at mike evans and what he's done he's He's going to go down as one of the best ever to do it if he continues to do what he's doing. Yeah, I I do think that Mike Evans is on track for a Hall of Fame career. I do not think Mike Evans will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, right now, this season, we're just going to look at this season real quick. He's, for you fantasy nerds, uh, <laughs> I'm one of those. He is the number seven overall wide receiver in fantasy football because he's second in the NFL in total touchdowns behind Cooper Cup of Coffee. He's 19th in yards. He's 18th in receptions. But yeah, it, it, he's having he's on pace to set a career high in touchdowns for the second consecutive year. But let's take a look at first ballot Hall of Fame wide receivers. There's seven of them. Eight if we're going to talk about Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald is a first ballot hall of famer. So he will make the eighth one. You have Raymond Berry, Lance Allworth, Paul War Warfield, Steve Largent, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson. So I took a look at the most recent ones, Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss through the first seven full seasons of their career, which is what Mike Evans has done. He's on his eighth season. This is the first seven full seasons of, of their careers. Compared to Calvin Johnson, Calvin Johnson had 40 more receptions, 
he had 1,062 more yards, and he had five more touchdowns. Jerry Rice had six fewer receptions, 806 more yards, 32 more touchdowns. Randy Moss, 48 more receptions, 876 more yards, 29 more touchdowns. I think Mike Evans finishes with a Hall of Fame career. Again, projecting exactly, Evan, what you said, that he stays on this pace that he's been on, which is he's good for a 1,000 every year, but I don't think it's a first ballot career. You know, that's and, and that's fine to bring, you know, there's so many guys in that clumping. Like, you know, it's very possible that he kind of enters – the hall of fame in a similar fashion to what Steve Smith is about to do. Right. Steve Smith is a top 10 wide receiver of all time. Uh, to my mm-hmm. knowledge, he only played in no, well, I'm just saying stats wise. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Stats wise. He's top 10. Um, and to my knowledge, I think he only played in one Super Bowl and lost. Mm-hmm. So he has no, no titles. You know, we put an emphasis on titles for, for better or for worse. And, um, you know, it's not my job necessarily to like, see, so you're, you're breaking it down in the way that the system works to which I think is totally fine and valid. I think everything you said is a great argument for why he's not going to be a first ballot hall of famer. I come at it from the perspective that there were a lot of people who should have been first ballot hall of famers who didn't get that nod for dumb reasons, uh, sure. you know, I, I never, I never get the whole first ballot Hall of Famer thing, and maybe I can clear the pain on another on another podcast and to discuss that. How, oh, you know what? You're not a Hall of Famer this year, but next year I'll give you the nod. You're just not good enough to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You just, you're just a regular old ballot Hall of Famer. It's stupid. It's all stupid stuff. If it, you're in, you're in. Just go in. Like, why do we have to do the song and dance? And I think a lot of it has to do with the structure. You know, they only allow in a certain number of guys who are, who are going to end up being in Mike Evans class. That's, that's another issue that you run into, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if there's another wide receiver that, that goes in that also had a hall of fame career and some of the, the voters are like, well, I like this guy better than Mike Evans, then Mike Evans could, could get the snub in that, in that first year. So I don't know. I take a look at it. Terrell Owens wasn't a first ballot and I realized he had his locker room issues and, and the voters wanted to punish him for that. Michael Irvin wasn't a first ballot hall of famer. There have been some, you know, elite, elite receivers that were not yeah. first ballot hall of famer. But so, do you believe they should have been first ballot hall of famers? I do. I, I absolutely do. I think Michael Irvin should have been first ballot. I think T.O. should have been first ballot, but I'm also the guy that says Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, David Ortiz, um, who uh, Roger Clemens, those guys should be in the baseball hall of fame. You know why? Because the hall of fame tells the story in the history of the sport. And you Correct. can't tell the story in the history of the sport without those guys. Correct. So, yeah. We're on the same page there. And the yeah. same thing with that. That's, that's why I find it all silly. It's a, it's a museum. It's a history. It's a, you walk in, it's the history of the game. It's not a place to where the writers get to, have this moral compass of saying who get now there are some people who cross a line and 
you know, there, there is, there is an element there. Um, but you know, I, I understand not wanting to reward nefarious actions within the lines. Um, it's just, it's baseball's a little tricky because everybody was doing it and MLB turned, we, you know, when we, we can get the boys on locked on Rays, my guys, and we can, we can discuss that another time. But yeah, Mike Evans, in my opinion, if he stays the course, um, I think he could be one of the greatest to ever do it, at least statistically. All right. Well, I do want to touch on the Saints real quick before we get to your predictions. Right now, heading into this game, the Buccaneers are third in the NFL in scoring, averaging 33.3 points a game. The Saints are at 17th. They're, they're averaging a full 10 points less per game, 23.3 per game. But on the defensive side of the ball, we know the injuries that the Bucs are dealing with. But the Bucs are giving up the 10th most points per game at 21, while the Saints are third with uh, 16.8. Um, so you have, you have Jameis Winston. And I want to get your opinion on this before we hit our next break and, and then we, give your, we get your predictions. Jameis Winston ranks 29th in the NFL in pass attempts. He's got 151. He's averaging 25 passes per game. He's got fewer pass attempts than Jacoby Brissett, hmm. who played, what, like four games? Yeah. Davis Mills. Teddy Bridgewater, who missed time. He's only got, I think it was 15 more pass attempts than Russell Wilson, who's missed the last two games. Um, he's got 22 more pass attempts than Justin Fields, who didn't come in until I believe it was week three. Um, but he's efficient. This is something that we haven't really seen from Jameis in, in his yeah. Tampa Bay years. He's got a, a little over 1,100 yards, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, but below 60% completion percentage. So my question to you be before we hit our break, Jameis Winston's usage, do you feel that's by design to allow him to manage the game and let the defense hold the other team down while focusing on Alvin Kamara? being you know the, the focal point of the offense or do you think Sean Payton is in a situation where he doesn't trust Jameis to let him go and and lead the team he doesn't trust Taysom Hill to go out and lead the team so he's trying to minimize the impact that his quarterback has on the game again by focusing solely on Alvin Kamara bingo that last one uh yeah I, I definitely think Sean Payton's like, you tend to make some silly mistakes. So I'm going to take those decisions out of your hands. We're going to do very safe and I'm going to work with what I got. Um, yeah, I, I tend to believe Sean Payton, who is a tremendous offensive mind, arguably one of the best offensive coaches to ever roam the sidelines in the NFL. Um, if he had the horse to fling it around, you know, the way that, that Drew Brees has done for years and years and years, Jameis Winston would be doing that sort of offense as well. But I just, I don't know if Sean Payton trusts uh, Jameis Winston enough to give him the full keys to the offense, which is why, and, and look, I mean, Alvin Kamara is a tremendous player. You should be giving him first priority and then the quarterback second priority in this equation when Drew Brees, you know, 
arguably when Drew Brees is at the end of his career, he should have been doing that too. But peak Drew Brees. Um, you know, it's not like that. So, yeah, I think you're seeing a very conservative style from the Saints, uh, checkdowns, and I'm very interested to see what Sean Payton is going to do against the Buccaneers because there is no doubt that Sean Payton has studied his butt off to beat the Buccaneers. I guarantee you he spent that entire bye week looking at them and looking at them again. And there's going to be some tomfoolery on their end, uh, stuff that maybe they have dressed up for the first six or seven weeks of the year that all of a sudden when they play the Bucks, things are going to look differently um, for that for that Buccaneers defense. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a complicated game plan in that regard for Todd Bowles and company. But just going back to your question, yeah, I am um, – I mean, Jameis Winston's on pace for nine interceptions. You know, it, we have all seen Jameis Winston in the Bucks uniform. Nine interception was possible in a game. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a, it's just a different – it's a different offense in the sense of just being a little safer than what we're used to from Sean Payton. Well, the early line for this one is the Bucks minus five. And if you want to lay some money down, you know you got to do it with our friends over at betonline.ag. They're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season, head to our new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on from basketball, football, baseball, hockey, postseason, boxing, UFC, Vegas casino games. They got it all. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, bet online where the game starts. For my son and his hockey team, the game starts when they're eating a Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar. It does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most of the protein bars, you know it. They're chalky. They're waxy. They're hard to choke down. They're just, they're not good. Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. When you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience and one that you're going to enjoy. You'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, high in protein, all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. So many flavors. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie. Coconut almond, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream. You guys know that I love that blueberry muffin bar. It's still over there at built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Wrapping things up here on a WTSP Wednesday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast. James Yarko, Evan Klosky at jarco underscore bucks at ekloski wtsp on twitter evan it is that time you know it you love it it's time for your predictions um last week your your bold prediction uh came true your predictive player of the game was it was lenny wasn't it um 
Lenny was against the Eagles. No, it was uh, Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett, yeah, that's who I said. Yeah, he did give he, he did give Justin. He came out. He came out hot. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, your score prediction. I honestly I don't remember what your score prediction was, but I know was, you had the Bucks was, winning. I had the Bucks winning and covering. It was still. Uh, I gave I gave the Bears a little too much too many points, and I gave the Bucks a little too little. Um, yeah, I, was, I, I, uh, I think it was like. 27 to 13. I had That's it on what my it was. Notebook. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I also had them covering, but not the fashion that they did. But let's start things off against the New Orleans Saints. Who is your predictive player of the game? Predictive player of the game is going to be Devin White. In Love it. I, um, you know, Devin White, we remember him last year doing some fun things in the Superdome. I think that this is going to be a game where, you know, the Todd Bowles and company have asked Devin White to do a lot of things that have not necessarily shown up on the stat sheet. So we haven't necessarily gotten Devin White games yet. Uh, we haven't been able to brag about Devin White, and he is so due. This is a great matchup for him because I have a feeling they're going to be attacking short in, in the intermediate uh, parts of the field. So I just – when it comes to limiting Alvin Kamara, I think he's going to have to play a vital role in this as the whole team is going to have to do that. But I really think uh, we're going to walk away with Devin White having an excellent game. Uh, I have him forcing a turnover. Uh, whether he secures that turnover or not, I'm not sure. But he's going to have he's going to have a forced turnover. And also just we're going to walk away saying this guy – what a you know what a game for him i'll say it's a podium game for devin white um we'll we'll hear from him afterwards about a slew of tackles a, uh, a turnover and uh, maybe another big play at the end of the contest to just kind of put the exclamation point on it yeah i i'm i'm with you 100 percent. i think he's going to be the one in charge of shadowing alvin kamara like what we saw in the divisional round last year he's going to be dropping back and covering Kamara in the passing game he's going to be the one sprinting up to the line and laying down those big hits and screaming in his ear just like we saw in the divisional round I think Devin White's in for a big one and I am here for it bold prediction what do we got bold prediction and I know that I just said that he's only on pace for nine interceptions my bold prediction is Jameis Winston will not throw an interception against the Buccaneers and I say it's a bold prediction because if you were to ask 10 of 10 people, or if you were to ask 10 people, you know, the, James Winston against the Bucks. what do you think he's going to do? How many do you think are going to say that he's going to throw zero interceptions? None. Exactly. So that's why zero interceptions is my bold prediction. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be the performance that a lot of Bucks fans are hoping for uh, against their, their former friend in Famous Jameis. I could see that one going either way. I think I think if it's close, if if the Saints defense is able to shut down the Bucks offense and it's staying within that one score range, I think you're right. But I think if at any point the Buccaneers get ahead by by 10 or more, Winston's going to start pressing the issue because you know this is big for him. We all remember what happened on that Sunday night game when he interrupted Drew Brees' post game and started eating his W again. 
uh, if he's if he's down by 10 or more, I think he's going to press the issue a little bit and he's going to make some mistakes. So I I like your bold prediction, but I I feel the that will be dictated more by what the Bucks offense does than by what Jameis does. Uh, with that, let's see how close of a game you think it's going to be. What is your score prediction? Score prediction, 30 Buccaneers, 17 Saints. Ooh. There is this part of me that believes that Sean Payton and company have planned for this contest all offseason, all bye week. You know, this is one that they circled on their calendar. It's divisional foe. So, of course, um, it should be close in that regard. Having said that, I just do not think the Saints are that good of a team. I really do not. Their offense is below average. Jameis Winston is a game manager at best. Um, all you have to do is figure out a way to stop Kamara, which is easier said than done. I'm well aware of that, and that's the creativity and the excellence of Champagne that work to make sure that guy finds success uh, night in and night out. But I believe in Todd Bowles, and, and he's rolling right now with this group and what they're doing. And I, I think that they're going to have a, a pretty good game plan on how to disrupt a guy like Jameis Winston, who, um, you know, the Tampa Bay has shown the ability to really screw with quarterbacks who just aren't of that, that top tier. I mean, you know, it's no coincidence that guys like Dak, Matt Ryan, and Matthew Stafford, even though I know those are the first three games of the year, were able to find some success. And now while the team is facing a string of players like Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, Jacoby Brissett, um, where these quarterbacks are struggling and, you know, they're young, talented, raw. Um, and in, in Jameis's case, he's, he's, um, he's talented and he's got experience, but he just – He's got flaws. That's why he's not in Tampa anymore. That's why they got – I mean, look, you get Tom Brady. That For some reason, Tampa Bay was the only one smart enough to realize, oh, I want that. But, um, you know, we saw what, what Jameis did for so long in, in a Buccaneers uniform, and usually with the good comes the bad. And, uh, yeah, so I, I just – I just think the Buccaneers are rolling right now. They're hot. The offense is clicking despite what – that second half kind of showed us mentally it's tough to stay engaged when you just whoop the team 35 to three in the first half or whatever it was. Um, I think it was 35 to three. So, mm. you know, they should have put up 50. They could have put up 50, whatever, you know, if it was a close game, they would have put up 50. Uh, yeah. Just give me, just give me the bucks rolling into that bye week and creating a three game lead in the division. I love it. I love it. With that, Evan, we are going to get out of here. Let everybody know what's on tap over there at uh, 10 Tampa Bay. Yeah, remember, you can go to 10 tampabaycom uh, We actually have a story with Byron, the guy who got Tom, Evan, uh, Tom Brady's uh, 600 ball from Mike Evans. Actually, Ryan Bass's uh, fraternity brother from you know UCF. So just a, a nice little connection there to 10 Tampa Bay. Very Completely nice. random, uh, but that fell right into our lap. So if you want to hear from Byron, head to tantembay.com. Also, we'll have much more on the Blitz Sundays, 
at 11.30 in the morning with our guy, Simeon Rice. We were talking about cryptocurrency last week. We're going to be talking about Byron. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. You never know what's going to pop up. Um, can't wait to get another episode underneath us. So uh, tune in there. And again, on Twitter, at Eklosky, WTSP. You can see it there if you're watching on YouTube. And hit me up. I'm always down for conversations on the, the Twitterverse. All right. And we thank you once again for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or first watch every day. Now, just make sure that you make your second listen to Peacock and Williamson NFL show. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host the Peacock and Williamson NFL podcast. It is free and available on all platforms. You need to check it out. Just like you need to check out everything that I got going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, at Eklosky, WTSP, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Send us your voicemails and emails to 813-444-5841 or LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you once again to Manny, JT, and Mad Dog. Bad Dog, yes. 